the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. In a politically charged congressional hearing, acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker yesterday defended himself from accusations by some Democrats that he's been giving the president special assistance regarding the Mueller probe. In a contentious hearing before the House Judiciary Committee, Whitaker testifying. At no time has the White House asked for, nor have I provided, any promises or commitments concerning the special counsel's investigation or any other investigation. Whitaker refusing to give specifics under intense questioning from Chairman Gerald Nadler, turning combative. Mr. Chairman, uh, I see that your five minutes is up, and so... uh... Nadler saying he planned to recall Whitaker for a closed-door deposition on any questions not answered. That is Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. A second woman now accusing Virginia's Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax of sexual assault. Here's correspondent Jackie Quinn. Days after a college professor accused the Lieutenant Governor of forcing her into a sex act in 2004, a second woman has come forward to accuse Justin Fairfax of sexual assault in the year 2000, when she and Fairfax were students at Duke University. While Fairfax vehemently denied the first allegation, a second accusation further clouds the future of Virginia's leadership, embroiled in a blackface scandal. This correspondent Jackie Quinn reporting, could Virginia's Democratic leadership problems give Republicans a chance to regain support in the Commonwealth? The political crisis in Virginia threatens to turn a state that has trended Democratic back into a battleground. And that could complicate the party's efforts to defeat President Trump next year. Democrats don't think voters will suddenly embrace Trump, but the governor and attorney general have admitted they've worn blackface in the past, and the lieutenant governor is now accused of two cases of sexual assault. That is correspondent Keith Peters reporting on Wall Street Friday. The Dow gave up 63 points. This is SRN News. AM 1280, The Patriot. Grab a cup of coffee and help Gallagher's Army at Lucky Station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. You know Gallagher's Army provides financial assistance to the families of fallen officers when they need it most, as soon as a tragedy occurs. When you buy a cup of coffee at any Lucky's Station convenience store, they're going to make a donation to Gallagher's Army, the Fallen Officer Fund. There's a Lucky's Station store in every corner of the metro. Find them online at luckysstations.com. That's Lucky's with an S, stations with an S, dot com. Cups for Cups from Lucky's Stations. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Minnesota. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result? It transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. So proud to be associated with the Mike Murphy team with EXP Realty. And with us is Sharon Murphy. So great to have you here, Sharon. Well, thanks, Lee. We're excited to work with the Patriot and your listeners. So tell us, what makes EXP Realty so different? Well, EXP is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and overpromises of many other real estate agents. Who can blame them? We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you'll speak to me or my husband, Mike, not an inexperienced team member. That's great. So how do we get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870. 
or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. So if you're thinking of selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with eXp Realty, 651-216-7870 or online at MikeMurphyTeam.com. You don't have to wait until you see signs of trouble to start on the path of counseling. Family Innovations Clinics are warm, safe places set apart from the bustle of activity that distracts you from what really matters. They offer counseling for individuals, couples, children, and families. Let Family Innovations help guide you through life's challenges. Located throughout the Twin Cities, Alexandria, and western Wisconsin, each counselor carries the same mission, to be the beginning of something better in you, your family, and your relationships. Online at FamilyInnovations.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for Where You Live with Gene Sullivan, the show that deals with the news and events that affect you the most. Whether you rent or own, live in an HOA, single-family home, or an apartment building, Gene will tackle the issues right where you live. So, from the Bank of Omaha Studios, here is the original man of steel, Resolve himself, who stands for truth, justice, and the association way. Here's Gene Sullivan. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Where You Live. I'm Gene Sullivan, and I am not broadcasting this week. I am out of town. But you will be in the able hands of two of our senior property managers, Stacy Sheridan, Dave Schultz, and along with them is attorney Tony Smith with Smith, Jaden, and Johnson. They'll be broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. You know, your association members take tremendous pride in their communities, You can help them maintain that pride with custom financing through Mutual of Omaha Bank. A lending expert that's worked with thousands of community associations. So whether you want to purchase real estate or equipment or make repairs to common areas, Mutual of Omaha Bank can meet your needs with a team of dedicated local professionals. Call Tom Ingbloom at 312-209-2623. Mutual of Omaha Bank, member FDIC. I'm also brought to you by the great folks at Extreme Exteriors. And now I'll turn it over to Stacy, Dave, and Tony. Hello, everybody. Welcome. We did have a quick change up here. Dave Schultz is out sick today. So filling in for David is Bailey Sheridan. And you might wonder, hmm, Bailey Sheridan and Stacy Sheridan, could they be related? Well, yes, we are. It's my daughter. I'm happy to have her here. She's never been on the radio show before, but she did win Rookie of the Year last year at CAI, so we're super proud to have her here at New Concepts. Welcome. Thanks, Bailey. Happy to be here. Thank you. And Tony. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with us today. We're excited to have you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've always been told I have a face for radio, so it's always nice to be back. I, I love to hear that. I, I agree. My, me, me too. I have a face for radio. It's, this is a good time. So we're going to kick it off right away with um, with a story I was reading, and it just got me thinking about um, how uncivilized our society has become and how it affects our associations. So um, there's a very small HOA in Henrico, Virginia, and the board president had received threats of bodily harm over parking violations that they sent to a homeowner. Another board member had rocks thrown at their cars. And in another instance, this board president was verbally assaulted by this homeowner screaming at her outside of a board meeting and blaming her for all of the problems uh, that the HOA was experiencing. This board president also happens to suffer from MS, which all of this harassment and behavior stressed her out so badly she ended up being hospitalized at Johns Hopkins. Um, The board also had to invite the police to their next board meetings to help keep the peace with this owner and several other out-of-control owners. And I just think that this can't be the only case that this is happening. Um, So, Bailey, I'm just wondering, have you ever had any of this happen at one of your boards or a property that you've heard of? And um, if so, how, how did the board react to any of this harassment? Well, I've personally been lucky enough not to deal with the situation of a board member being hospitalized due to harassment. But um, there has been a situation of a homeowner getting a lot of violation letters um, for parking, and um, they were invited to attend the next board meeting. 
And at that board meeting that they attended, um, the homeowner directly pointed out each of the board members saying, I know where you live, I know where you live, and I know where you live. Oh, my. And to watch out pretty much. And so it got very aggressive. And um, the manager had to step in and basically say, you know, we will be calling the cops if you do not calm down. And unfortunately, the homeowner did not. And cops were called and he um, had to be escorted out. But no hospitalization. But that's still pretty serious. Tony, have you uh, as an attorney, I'm sure you hear all of these horror stories all the time. But what what is your thoughts on on meetings or situations like this? Well, you know, we we seem to run into this. I I wouldn't say frequently, but often enough where we've kind of developed a standard sort of protocol on how to deal with it. I think the first thing to, to keep in mind, whether you're a board member or you're a homeowner, that if you're ever in a situation where you're threatened or you feel unsafe or some kind of conduct like this is going on, call the police. Mm-hmm. That should always be the first thing you do. Threats, violence, uh, intimidation, that kind of stuff just can't be tolerated. And frankly, it may be criminal. So get the police involved early, okay? Okay, early. Now, if you're on the board and you're dealing with these types of situations, well, the things you can do are going to be limited by whatever the law says you can do and whatever your governing documents say you can do. Mm -hmm. And for most associations, that usually means you look to see if there's been some sort of a violation of the declaration or there's been a violation of the rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. Conduct like this, where someone is threatening bodily harm on somebody, that's a pretty clear, generally, violation of, of what you see in most association declarations. There is usually this clause that that talks about homeowners' right to quiet enjoyment of their property. Right. And if somebody's being threatened, it would certainly affect me. I don't Absolutely. know if I'd be real comfortable in using my <laughs> property. Um, right. The rules and regulations, though, are kind of, I think, where most associations tend to deal with this. You'll see in, in some really good set of association rules, what I'll call the don't be a jerk rule. I love it. And I know that that you and I have talked about this. And actually, mm-hmm. Bailey, I think you and I talked about this the last time that, that I was in the office. Yeah. Um, associations can and should put together a rule that talks about what is and is not acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. And we generally talk about harassment, things that would constitute harassment under Minnesota law being a violation of the rules. Mm-hmm. And we put that in the rules. And then I tell my boards, if someone's being harassed or the violating that that kind of code of conduct you find those people consistent yes. with what your your finding policy is mm-hmm. so that's typically how i deal with it i say first line of defense is always the police get them involved Absolutely. second line of defense is enforce your rules and regulations if people are going to be jerks find them for being jerks and then either they're going to pay for the privilege of continuing to be a jerk mm-hmm. or they're going to stop yeah so we have some passive aggressive behavior too in a lot of our meetings. In where, Minnesota, yeah, isn't that crazy? Minnesota, never, um, the land of passive aggressiveness. No, no, it's it's Minnesota nice. Minnesota. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we have this happen at a lot of at a lot of my properties going on. Most recently, in the last year or two, where they're threatening via email, but then they won't come to the meeting, and so our boards are having a hard time. How do we deal with? those people who are being threatening or, um, you know, I'm not going to pay my dues or I'm I'm going to go get an attorney. Um, but then they don't come to the meeting. And so when we find somebody or we want to issue a fine, they have to have their day in court, so to speak, right? They need to come to that meeting to defend their action or their inaction. So what can we do when literally the homeowner refuses to come to a meeting? Well, remember that if if the association wants to impose a fine, you know, then yes, you have to give that homeowner in most cases notice of the fine mm-hmm. and a right to be heard by the board before they can impose the fine. But that doesn't mean that that homeowner gets to set the schedule as to when that meeting occurs. The board does. So the board can say, look, we're going to hold this hearing. It's going to be two weeks from today. You're going to be welcome to attend and present whatever information you want and talk to us about why you think the fine shouldn't be imposed. If the homeowner doesn't show up, okay, fine. They've been given their notice and their opportunity to be heard, and they just chose not to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and you impose the fine. Good. So I'll, I'll tell you one thing, though, and this kind of goes back to the, the last thing you said about emails and threats and emails. Mm-hmm. What do you do about it? Depends what the email says. Yeah. I mean, if a homeowner just says something like, I don't agree with this, I'm going to hire a lawyer, it's not really a threat. No. You know, homeowners... I guarantee you I've seen 
a bajillion letters saying, I'm going to get a lawyer. I don't yeah. like what you're doing. Please do. Okay. You know, then I'll talk to that person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and please, please do. We have lawyers too. Yeah. They, well, okay. He's right here. <laughs> <laughs> and generally we speak the same language and we, yeah. we don't let emotion get in the way. Exactly. Um, but those kinds of things, not really threats. The things that cross the line or where you intimate that you're going to do something to harm somebody outside the boundaries of the law, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, uh, I know where you live, and the intimation is exactly. I'm going to show up on your doorstep and beat you up. Right. You know, or even saying I know where you live. You know that that's that's that passive aggressive threat. That is a threat, even though they didn't threaten anything. That that's an Im- well, the implied. implied threat. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if I was in the shoes of a property manager and somebody said I knew where I know where you live, or a mm-hmm. homeowner, or a board member, and someone said I know where you live, I'd be, for my first reaction would be, well, yeah, I live in the association, of course, I mean, of course. But I, I would, in all seriousness, I'd I'd be frightened and. That's the kind of thing immediately I, I would want people to know about. I'd want to get law enforcement involved, make a report of it. You know, that's that's so that's the first thing they should do, even at that, even if it wasn't an email, is is contact the police about this email. Even? Yeah, if okay. you ever feel like your 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 health or safety are being threatened, always call the police. That's always step one. And Wonderful. That's going to depend. You know, at what what matters to one person may not matter to another person. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you feel uncomfortable, get the police involved, and right. that's their job. Great. That's 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 good advice, and I think our boards need to really listen to that advice. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Many financial services companies say they're unique. Thrivent Financial blends faith, finances, and generosity, helping Christians be wise with money and live generously. With a full range of financial products, we'll help you connect your faith and finances. Have a conversation about money with Carol Woods, your local financial representative, at 952-658-8753. Licensed agent producer of Thrivent Financial, marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans, registered representative of Thrivent Investment Management, Inc., thrivent.com slash disclosures. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. An extraordinary adventure to Israel can be yours. Join the Stand with Israel Tour with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher, happening December 2nd to the 11th. Register today at am1280thepatriot.com. Hello, this is Jeannie Sigler from Extreme Exteriors. We are a trusted family-owned business that provides expert inspections and installation of roofing, siding, decks, gutters, windows, and more. For over 20 years, Extreme Exteriors has serviced single and multifamily home exteriors. Visit us on the web at xtremeexteriors.com or give us a call at 763-441-1334. We're here for all your home exterior needs. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Welcome back to Where You Live. Gene Sullivan here, and uh, I am not with you today, but you're in the evil hands 
of Senior Property Managers, Stacy Sheridan, Dave Schultz at the New Concepts Management, and with them, attorney Tony Smith with Smith, Jaden, and Johnson. We want to remind you, of course, that uh, the show is also brought to you by the great folks at Extreme Exteriors. You know, you can count on Extreme Exteriors for expert installation of exterior siding, roofing, soffits, fascia, decks, windows, and more. With their knowledge and experience, they can design the perfect solution to make your home beautiful and energy efficient, saving you maintenance and money for years to come. Give them a call at 763-441-1334 and tell them Gene sent you. It's time now to hear from the Community Associations Institute. Here is the CAI Minute. Are you a member of the Community Associations Institute? For nearly 40 years, CAI has provided education and resources to volunteer homeowners who govern community associations and the professionals who support them. Visit caionline.org to learn more. That address again is caionline.org. CAI helps community association board members by providing online resources, in-person training, and hard copy publications written by association management experts. CAI offers community managers professional development networking opportunities, and a certification program that's established as the industry standard nationwide. Minnesota has its own chapter of the Community Associations Institute to bring resources and tools from community associations around the country right to your home. Visit CAIMN.com to learn more and become a member of CAI today. Your community and management company will benefit from your involvement. Join the Community Associations Institute today at CAIMN.com and click on Membership. Welcome back, everybody. Again, this is um, Stacy Sheridan filling in for Gene Sullivan. And today I have with me Tony Smith from Smith Jaden Johnson. And David is unfortunately out sick today. So we have filling in Bailey Sheridan. So thank you for joining us today, talking about um, some civility and code of ethics and things like that that are going on. And um, previously we were talking and briefly touched on this topic of civility. And what I wanted to go through a little bit is I think I've experienced probably one of the worst situations that I've ever heard of so far in this industry with um, extremely bad behavior of a board. Um, I, I think um, sometimes we may question if our board is acting badly, uh, but in this particular case, it was extremely obvious that our board was acting badly. Um, for some time, there had been frustration with two uh, male board members, um, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And um, after the meeting, there was some name-calling happening, yelling, belittling, and actually a fight broke out. So to all of our horror and dismay, we're watching these two gentlemen fist-fighting in the parking lot after the board meeting. And um, one gentleman ended up with a broken hand. And um, obviously the police were called and a restraining order was filed. Um, The board member who had the restraining order was obviously not able to attend the board meetings. We did go to the bylaws to review, uh uh-oh, what do we do now (laughs) that we have a board member who can't attend these meetings and still sitting on the board, which the bylaws said um, he was voted in by the member, so he had to be voted out. Um, The annual meeting was right around the corner, so they just let it slide by uh, with a four-member board until they could refill that spot. Um, But I I know this is an extreme case, um, and I actually looked up the CEI National website and found this code of ethics for, for, um, like, why why recreate the wheel, right? CAI has already been through this, obviously. To me, it was horrifying. But, Tony, what are your thoughts on having your associations and your board of directors with these best practices or, um, you know, to just avoid these types of situations. Well, first, I, I'm just curious what they were fighting about. So they're two contractors of the same uh, trade, and they were arguing over how to accomplish a project. And one wanted to do it and the other one wanted to do it this way. And they really began arguing over who was the better contractor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, it was kind well, of a you-know-what match. Yeah. Those those yeah. kinds of fights are, are really, really important. Yes. Um, they're not. <laughs> um, 
I just want to make sure. Sar- I don't know how sarcasm goes over the radio, so I just want to make sure that people don't think I really think that's important. Right. Um, my other first, you know, kind of snarky response is, I don't know. I would just sell tickets to the fight. Right. But, it was just. You know, I mean, I used to be a boxer, so I was like, should I get my gloves out of my well, trunk? Yeah, but again, whether whether there's a code of ethics in place, it's always a great idea aspirationally to okay. have a code of ethics. Um, and what goes in that, though, I think is generally a, a, a common sense. How do you treat people? You know, right. how do you how do you expect to be measured as a board member? Mm-hmm. Uh, what what's expected of of you in that capacity? Mm-hmm. And part of me kind of thinks, well, do we really have to tell people that and put it in writing? I mean, Isn't do, it have, sad? We, have we gotten to that point? I think you're right, and and I hate that we've gotten to that point, Bailey. I don't know if you've experienced any of this yet um, in your newly offered position here, but I I think. As a human being, we've all experienced situations where you're like, really, you're treating another human that way. I mean, I, what's your thought on I how uncivilized yes. it has gotten pretty ridiculous nowadays about how people treat each other, where we have to come up with a code of ethics um, now for boards to implement because people just can't seem to follow common courtesy. Why can't we all just get along? Well, the the following through on that too. I would was wondering if the board fined either of these two folks for fighting with each they other. They did not. See, that's the thing. I so mean, they could have followed through with even more sanctions on these well, two. I, I have to believe that punching another board member. Oh. I mean, forget about the fact that they're board members for a right. second because they're homeowners mm-hmm. and they're at a they're at an event for the association a board meeting. Mm-hmm. And at that meeting they have the same rights and responsibilities any other homeowner does. And going back to what we talked about before the last break with this idea of the right to quiet enjoyment um, or the, you know, the rules and regulations, if there's that don't be a jerk rule right. out there, mm-hmm. punching somebody probably violates something in there. Yeah, right? that's definitely the mm-hmm. jerkiest thing. I mean, I could, I don't know what the rules say or what the declaration says. I could probably find something in there that that conduct violates. And it, at that point, you know, you have to say we've got to, hold those people accountable for that conduct. Let's say it wasn't a board meeting and Mm -hmm. it was just a homeowner who went over to another's homeowner's yard because they didn't like their dog barking and they punched the homeowner. What would we do in that situation? We'd find the homeowner, you know, for some violation. Mm -hmm. Board members are held to a standard, a higher standard. Right. You know, they have to set the example for everybody else in the association. And if these board members are not acting in a way that conforms to the governing documents and sets a good example... They need to be fined, first of all. And the second question is, should they even be on the board anymore? Well, that was where we were headed with this is only one of them was asked to leave the board. I mean, they were both equally engaging in this, but I, I the one had um, a much longer history of propensity for violence and, and, and really bringing the board meeting down. Yeah, it's not and, like the one was yeah. the antagonist. One was definitely the antagonist. And so... But in my opinion, I thought, you know, I think the both of you need to go. However, I didn't have a horse in that race, right? As their manager, I offered up a lot of advice to them on what they should do. Right. Um, And it sounds like your advice is, look, we've got to do what the bylaws tell us to do. Yes. And, you know, in that particular case, it sounded like the bylaws said only a member or only the homeowners could remove a member. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then maybe the board president, assuming it's not one of these two people who are fighting... And let me guess, it was. It was. Of course. It was the board <laughs> that president. That makes too much sense. Yeah. One of the other board members could call a meeting and require a member meeting to be held to vote to whether to keep them on the board or not. Yes. And so that's one of those things. Take that next step. Okay, so the members can can remove them. How? When do you want to do it? And, you know, is it worth it to have a functioning board mm-hmm. to hold that meeting? The answer is, in my opinion, always yes. yes. You want to make sure you've got a fully functioning board that you go to a meeting, you don't have to worry about you know, whether it's going to turn into a, a bare knuckle brawl. Right. Mm-hmm. And and some of my other boards that I've worked with uh, um, find it to be in an uncomfortable situation, obviously. And so what we first advised was obviously, OK, he can't come in any more meetings, even though he's the president. So he was removed from his officer position and another board member, st- you know, took on the presidency, which they can do that with their bylaws. And I feel some boards don't understand that they can do that without the member vote. Right. There's a difference between being on the board and what officer position you hold. Correct. And so we did that. So that was our first step is we removed him from the presidency and just allowed that time to go by. Um, but the other gentleman kind of slid by without any repercussion or any, there was no consequences to that other member, albeit he he was not um, in the right either w- with his actions. And so it just brings up this code of ethics that we did implement. And at that time, because it was 
it, very volatile, they all agreed to sign it. So now we've got this code of ethics in place that we can only hope moving forward they read and they understand that we are held to a measure and to a standard of conduct, especially um, being on the board, like you said. They're more measured. They have a higher standard. Um, well, I am Stacy with Tony and Bailey on Where You Live, and we will be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Minnesota Exteriors Commercial partners with associations and management companies for their siding, roofing, and window projects. Minnesota Exteriors Commercial is a family-owned business with combined experience of over 70 years. Their teams provide quality service, expert workmanship, and top-of-the-line products to help restore and maintain multifamily properties. A 100,000-square-foot distribution center ensures the projects will be completed on time with the highest quality products at the most competitive price. Contact minnesotaexteriors.com. Many financial services companies say they're unique. Thrivent Financial blends faith, finances, and generosity, helping Christians be wise with money and live generously. With a full range of financial products, we'll help you connect your faith and finances. Have a conversation about money with Carol Woods, your local financial representative, at 952-658-8753. Licensed agent producer of Thrivent Financial, marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans, registered representative of Thrivent Investment Management, Inc., Thrivent.com, slash disclosures. Giving your computer problems a boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Setting the standard in association management. That's new concepts. Their professional staff is dedicated to top-notch customer care. This dedication has made them the leader at providing services to housing associations and homeowners. Your association may be looking for help with administration, consulting, financials, public relations, or vendor management. With over 140 years of combined experience, New Concepts is prepared to help you with all of your association needs, whatever they may be. New Concepts also offers construction, remodeling, maintenance, home staging, and real estate services. For all your association management or homeowner needs, call New Concepts. You can reach them at 952-922-2500. That's 952-922-2500. Or online at newconceptsgroup.com. Newconceptsgroup.com. New Concepts, setting the standard in association management and providing innovations beyond. You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. Hey, everyone. I am out of town this week, but uh, aren't these guys good? I mean, Stacy, Dave, and Tony, they really know their stuff. They're experts in every sense of the word. Uh, they're, of course, broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. The show is brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. We won't uh, wait any longer. We'll take it right back to you, Stacy, Dave, and Tony. Thank you, Gene. Uh, Stacy here and Tony and Bailey from New Concepts. Welcome back from the break. So we were chatting during the break actually about how uncivilized we've all become here. And as managers, sometimes we do see the worst in people. And Bailey, you brought up a story that uh, was very shocking to hear. And, and now. What, what were you talking about with this particular homeowner? So there was a particular situation where there was 
um, vendors out on site working on fences. And so this was a project the board approved. Of course. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. And um, so while the vendor was inside the fence working on it, the homeowner came screaming, running out screaming at this vendor because she was so upset with the work that he had been doing. And the vendor actually just took it upon himself and just walked out and left the job site because he wasn't going to take that harassment anymore. Right. And the homeowner had actually contacted me and was upset about the fence work. And um, once I had learned what had happened, um, I went to the board of directors and uh, the board had confronted her actually about her actions. Um, And that's honestly not the only time a homeowner has harassed a vendor. Um, of what this one time when a vendor was working on the kickboard, a homeowner came out with a baseball bat. Oh my! Threatening them and saying, "Get off my property!" Wow. So it's kind of just some crazy, difficult situations that so the it's vendors not just don't bad know. board members. Yeah, we're talking about. We're talking about <laughs> there's some bad homeowners that oh, are yeah. acting badly too. Yeah, I actually had um, somebody. Um, the the plow guy was out, but they weren't happy that he wasn't there as quickly as they would, would like. And they threw a pop bottle at his windshield, and he left too. And then they were all very shocked as to why he would leave and then not come back. Um, mm-hmm. And then he literally um, said, I'm going to work 30 days for the rest of this contract, and I'm out of here. He literally would not ever come back to that property. But again, they were very shocked by that. So, Tony, what... What maybe should the board do or a vendor do or how – I mean, I I wouldn't want pop bottles or bats swung at me or thrown at me or any lady cussing at me either off her property. But what what should they be doing? Well, you know, I've had to deal with this on a handful of occasions. Not very often, but every once in a while a a homeowner will get it in their head that they can stop the associations from – vendors from doing whatever maintenance needs to be done on the properties. And it's – it's never pretty when it happens because somebody comes out and you know threatens a vendor and then the vendor leaves and mm-hmm. they, they they don't feel safe. So when I'm advising my boards on what to do about this, I we usually find out about it after the fact. Of you course. know, and the vendors left and they've complained to the board and they say I'm not going back there unless this is dealt with or in, it sounds like in your case I'm not coming back there at all. I'm done. I'm done. Um, and then the board ends up having to find a different vendor to finish this work. Mm-hmm. I always tell those boards that you go back to your declaration, first of all, and the declaration talks about what maintenance responsibilities people have, and interfering with the association's ability to perform those maintenance duties is a violation of the declaration. Mm -hmm. So I always say, okay, fine, and what do you do Mm -hmm. as property managers? How do you advise your boards if there is a violation of the declaration? Right. What do you do? Send them a letter. Send them a letter. Yeah, find them. Do something. Let them know what they did was inappropriate. They're violating the declaration. Right. And you you do whatever you can do consistent with your rules and regulations. So right. if you have a fine system in place, you follow it. And it might be a warning letter. It might be a fine, whatever. But you let that homeowner know immediately, this has to stop and you take some action. So that's the first right. thing I, w- I would suggest. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm seeing in many associations' rules and regulations is that those fine systems that are in place, mm-hmm. they're old and they, they kind of do this cookie cutter, one size fits all. For, Is it the $25 fine and then yeah. $50 fine and then maybe a $100 fine? Exactly. Or it's warning letter first mm-hmm. and then 25 then mm-hmm. 50 and then 100 And not every violation is the same. Correct. You know, a homeowner threatening a board member or a, a punching a, a vendor or threatening a vendor isn't the same as Mrs. Johnson not picking up her dog's poop. Exactly. So why do we treat them like they're the right. same? Exactly. So I think what, I'm, what I've tried to do over the past several years for our associations that we work with is try to get them, when they're working on their rules and regulations, to put a fine system in place that gives the board the flexibility to respond to a wide variety of situations rather than trying to hammer a square peg into a round hole. I love that. So I get rid of these tiered fine structures. Mm -hmm. And instead I say, look, the fine is going to be based on the severity of the conduct and it's going to be enough to deter it from happening again in the future. Let the punishment fit the crime. Yeah, exactly. You know, so not, because not everything is the same and we should need to stop treating everything like it's the same. These are severe problems where yes. what if this homeowner had hurt the vendor exactly. you know, now the vendor is going to go sue the association mm-hmm. and the homeowner and there's mm-hmm. going to be a claim and it's going to be a real problem it's going to be a huge problem we had um, a rogue homeowner actually call the insurance company even though she was in florida she heard we had a wind hail 
and she called and opened up a claim on 27 buildings. <laughs> so we were trying to work through that, and they were very upset Stacey at was the just insurance being company. <laughs> and I said, upset at the insurance company? They're going to take the claim. They're going to, of course, open it up. And yeah, there was probably some fault on, on their end, too, thinking, why would this homeowner have the authority to open up a claim on 27 buildings? And I said, moreover, what we need to do is we need to educate our homeowners, right, on what they can and can't do. But what they were saying is um, if they received any insurance premium increase, they were going to pass it on to her solely. And I thought, you, I think we need a legal opinion on this matter. I'm not really sure if we're entitled to, to pass on an insurance increase to one person. But I think where they could have gone with that is she needs to get a hefty fine. So she doesn't do that again. But they have that cookie cutter, $25 fine, $50 fine type of a situation. And when I said to them, hey, I've been talking to some attorneys in the industry who are advising against that, just as you discussed. Mm-hmm. And they they were uncomfortable leaving it as the board has the reasonable authority to a levy fine because they thought they might get penalized later for being um, erratic with the amount. Well, that's that's a, a legitimate concern. I mean, if you have that discretion, you have to treat people similarly situated violations similarly. Like dog know. poop, twenty five dollars. Yeah, that's all the right. time. You can't you can't find one homeowner more than another homeowner for a dog poo violation mm-hmm. just because you like somebody better than the other. That's exactly. where you get into trouble. Right, right. And that it needs to be uniformly applied. Mm-hmm. But you know, the real thing I think I tell my boards when I'm proposing this is I say, look, this is going to require you to put more thought into this. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of, of having kind of a, a you know, ready canned response to these violations is gone. Mm-hmm. And some boards are like, I get it, you know, and, and, and they do the work. And some boards are like, you know, my job's already tough enough. You know, what right. is it that they, I jokingly tell my board members, the pay is great and the hours are even better. Exactly. And they just don't necessarily <laughs> want to do that. Um, but I, I tend to think that as long as your board is committed to treating everybody fairly and enforcing mm-hmm. rules uniformly and imposing reasonable fines, they're going to be just fine. And the only time they're going to run into trouble with that is if for some reason something impacts their decision that goes beyond the violation. Like, we don't like John because he's always been a pain. Right. And we're going to stick it to him because we finally have a chance. Right. That's or, not right. Or we like this owner's dog, but we don't like that owner's dog. So they get a pass and they don't. Yeah. Fifi's cute, but, exactly. but you know, Rocco is not. Rocco is awful. I mean, he's been pooping on my yard all day. Yeah. So just yeah. that that's the thing. I mean, but it's this idea of going back to the original scenario that that you and Bailey had talked about, you've got a homeowner out there who is doing something that interferes with the association's duties to the property. Mm -hmm. And the response to that from the association's perspective should be to inform the homeowner that what they're doing is inappropriate and imposing a fine as reasonable given what their documents say they can do. And for them to not be afraid to do that. And and if they're going to levy that fine is they've got that right to come be heard by the board. And if they don't show up, as you said earlier, they've been given the opportunity. So not to be so worried. Uh, I feel like a lot of my boards and maybe your boards too, Bailey, are mm-hmm. so worried always about, well, they're going to sue us or they're going to sue us or they said they're going to get an attorney. And so they get hesitant to pull the trigger on some of these things that we're talking about here today. Well, they may. They may. You know, that that's the thing. You can only control what you can control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if a homeowner is going to hire a lawyer and sue the association, they're going to, regardless of right. whether your conduct was right or wrong. Mm-hmm. What the board can control is making sure that its conduct was right. A- absolutely, that the conduct was right. And that the big thing here, I, and I say to my all my boards is, are you being reasonable? Mm-hmm. Is a judge going to look at this and go, I think you're being reasonable? Or were you being unreasonable? Yeah, how does it look to an outsider? Mm-hmm. You know, if you had to explain that to someone on the street, how would it look? I, I had an association the other day that they had an issue with uh, a homeowner who replaced some windows. And... We'll talk about that, I guess, a little bit later. Yep, we're getting the signal. We have to take a break. Again, this is Stacy Sheridan with New Concepts, Bailey Sheridan from New Concepts, and Tony Smith at Smith Jaden Johnson. We will be back shortly. AM 1280, The Patriot. 
Many financial services companies say they're unique. Thrivent Financial blends faith, finances, and generosity, helping Christians be wise with money and live generously. With a full range of financial products, we'll help you connect your faith and finances. Have a conversation about money with Carol Woods, your local financial representative, at 952-658-8753. Licensed agent producer of Thrivent Financial, marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans, registered representative of Thrivent Investment Management, Inc., Thrivent.com, slash disclosures. Hello, this is Jeannie Sigler from Extreme Exteriors. We are a trusted family-owned business that provides expert inspections and installation of roofing, siding, decks, gutters, windows, and more. For over 20 years, Extreme Exteriors has serviced single and multifamily home exteriors. Visit us on the web at xtremexteriors.com or give us a call at 763-441-1334. We're here for all your home exterior needs. Hi, this is Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280, The Patriot. And I'd like to remind you to spend your money wisely and use our loyal marketing partners here at this great station. Many of our clients are local businesses who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities, and their success in business is our success. For a list of our loyal marketing partners, go to am1280thepatriot.com or call us at 651-405-8800. We thank you for listening and supporting our partners. We work hard our entire lives to provide for our families with the hope one day to enjoy our retirement. Our whole lives, we've been told what to do with our investments, and now we're nervous that we may not have enough to live the life we want. Learn to be the best steward of your money. At Online Trading Academy, we offer a free investing class. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone, use keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Setting the standard in association management. That's new concepts. Their professional staff is dedicated to top-notch customer care. This dedication has made them the leader at providing services to housing associations and homeowners. Your association may be looking for help with administration, consulting, financials, public relations, or vendor management. With over 140 years of combined experience, New Concepts is prepared to help you with all of your association needs, whatever they may be. New Concepts also offers construction, remodeling, maintenance, home staging, and real estate services. For all your association management or homeowner needs, call New Concepts. You can reach them at 952-922-2500. That's 952-922-2500. Or online at newconceptsgroup.com. Newconceptsgroup.com. New Concepts, setting the standard in association management and providing innovations beyond. You're listening to Where You Live with Gene Sullivan. My many thanks uh, to Stacy Sheridan, Dave Schultz, and Tony Smith for uh, covering for me today while I'm out of town. Of course, you're listening to Where You Live, and uh, these guys are broadcasting from the Mutual of Omaha Bank Studios. The show is also brought to you by Extreme Exteriors. Before we get back to Stacy, Dave, and Tony wrapping up today's show... It's time now to hear from the Minnesota Multi-Housing Association. Here is the MHA Minute. Some of the benefits of successful property management. Are you ready? On-time payment of rent, improved resident quality, stabilized income, reduced turnover, controlled expenses, improved financial performance, less property wear and tear, allowance for property improvements, enhanced property value, being proactive, not reactive, better relationships with neighbors, fewer police calls, creating a community, being a great neighbor. These are some of the benefits of good property management. And whether you run a townhome association or you are renting out your condo, duplex, or a 100-plus unit building, Membership with the Minnesota Multi-Housing Association gives you the tools you need to run your business effectively while minimizing the headaches. Don't be a good landlord. Be a great one. Visit www.mmha.com. That's two M's, mmha.com. Welcome back uh, with Stacy, Tony, and Bailey. David is out sick. Sorry about that, folks, today. But we are back with Where You Live. Where we left off, Tony, you were talking about some windows. I think uh, we're about to engage into a conversation about 
reasonable and unreasonable. So why don't you take it away where, yeah. where you left off? This is, we were just, uh, to follow up, we were talking about having rules that are reasonable and enforcing them reasonably. And I had a, a, an association client, it was a condominium association, who had a homeowner who installed some new windows in her unit without telling the board and getting the board's approval first. And the board wanted to make her take those windows out and oh, put boy. in some new windows, yeah, which was several thousand dollars. And they asked me what I thought they should do. And I said, look, before you do that, I get that she violated the, the architectural improvement requirements right. in the declaration, but just because you can do something, make her take the windows, it right. doesn't mean you should exactly. do something. So I said, send me some pictures of the windows and show me what they look like. Mm-hmm. And they look great. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell any difference. And so I was like, well, and what I did was I was like thinking about it and I thought, how would this look to a judge or, mm-hmm. you know, six people in a jury box if we had to explain this position? So I called in a bunch of people in my office and I, I just showed them the pictures. I said, does anything look out of place in these pictures? Anything unusual strike you as unusual? Nobody could even find anything. And finally, when I said to him, yeah, the windows are different. He's like, really? Oh, yeah, I didn't even. Couldn't so even I, tell. Yeah, I was like, well, then I know what to do. And I said, mm-hmm. look, you guys, you got to just let her have the windows. Fine her if you want for violating the architectural requirements, right. but you can't ask her to pull these windows out because that's a big ask yeah well yeah. You, you can't you can make her do it sure. but if she challenges you she's going to win right because I mean, that's the reasonable factor right yeah, the judge is going to look at that and say hey board you're being unreasonable here these are a better quality window or, or whatever the situation was i mean yes if she was like hey these are great windows but they're hot pink you know, now maybe that's not reasonable. Yeah, that would, if they stood out like a sore thumb, <laughs> right. that'd be one thing, and then I mm-hmm. think they're on better grounds. But if if the average person seeing it from the street isn't going to be able to tell that they're a different type of window, who cares? Right, right. You and know. that, yeah. And our boards, you know, we've got lots of reasonable folks out there, but every now and again, you run into somebody who, um, you know, wants to have that authority power. We all know what those people well, are, right? The power it, trippers. Are. Yeah, and it, it just kind of goes back to that, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Exactly. And, you know, and this rolls back into this civility is, and again, and, and I think I grew up with, um, treat people, Stacy, how you want to be treated. And, and it also is people will treat you how you let them treat you. So this is a much larger picture here that we're talking about, but working with homeowners associations, really fundamentally, what are we doing? We're working with human beings, right? Yeah, We're you, working with people. You get what you give. Right. And if, if you put put a bunch of hostility out there, you're going to get a bunch of hostility back. Yes. And if you're letting people walk over you, they're going to continue to do it. Right. So. Yeah. And, and I've seen all types, you know, uh, over the years. And it, and it makes me sad to see some of the boards I work with getting railroaded, you know, by a hostile homeowners. So it's really nice that we're having this conversation to kind of help our boards, give them the tools that they need, you know, to work through these events and things that happen to them. Uh, Because like you said earlier, you know, they really get paid a lot for doing this job. (laughs) So um, what they hire us for is our expertise and you, Tony, for is for your expertise on how they work through these um, muddy waters of dealing with difficult people and personalities. And it's um, it's an important topic, and I and I don't know what the exact right answer is, but I I do really like this the common ground article about the civility, and we're becoming uncivilized, and we might have to start implementing some of these civility clauses into our rules and regulations. But moreover, too, that code of ethics is how our boards should be acting, and they should be setting the standard, um, which is going to set the tone for your entire association. Um, well, we we we've kind of got to that point where. You know, we, we see enough disagreement uh, on a daily basis in our news, in our politics, mm-hmm. et cetera. Do we, do we really need to have a, a living environment like that? Right. I mean, does anybody really disagree that the association they live in should take care of their property? Does anybody really disagree that the board should be allowed to run its meetings? Does anybody right. really disagree that they should treat their neighbors with respect? Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that are common sense. Right. And I think that if we remember, and it's not just for boards, it's boards and for homeowners, mm-hmm. we all live in the same communities mm-hmm. and we all have the, the same duties and responsibilities to each other. Um, and it's a lot easier for everybody if everybody rows in the same direction. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it, you don't want it to make to be an uphill battle or um, there are things out there. Why recreate the wheel all the time? You know, with with our 
with our duties and responsibilities and Common Ground really laid out a nice article and there's a lot on the CAI website national too for everybody all throughout the country is please utilize that website. Um, They've got a lot of great information on there. And, you know, some of this civility leads us into uncivility, which is, um, I know David's not here today, but he had um, some questions about how HOAs should be handling crime on the property. And I, you know, I don't really see that the crime is – have you ever seen it written in a bylaw where the HOA has to act upon criminal acts? No, I haven't seen that. But what I have seen is associations who will say in their rules and regulations that the use of the property shall conform to law. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody in a condo building, for example, who's selling drugs out of their unit, mm-hmm. yeah, that violates the rules. And you, right. you're going to do – going back to that kind of two layers of, of what you do, the first is you get the police involved. Right. And the second is is you find the person for – selling mm-hmm. drugs out of their unit. Right. Um, this whole idea, though, and the one thing I, I kind of keep going back to is, you know, civility doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with everything your board says, mm-hmm. and the board doesn't have to necessarily agree with every opinion the homeowners express. Civility means that we do our best to listen mm-hmm. uh, and respectfully discuss and, and debate those issues. You know, Absolutely. it's not a personal issue. Everybody right. lives in the same place. Yep. They just have different ideas about what should be done. And oh, yeah. That's 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 the truth. That's for sure. I mean, you people say, let's put an opinion poll out there. <laughs> I don't mind opinion polls, actually. I mean, I, I tend to think that, you know, sometimes opinion polls give you information you didn't always have. Um, right. And I, I tend to think that the other way to build civility in a community is increase the homeowner involvement. Yes. You know, some, I, mean, I mean, do you guys work with boards where they'll have standing committees? Yes, I love committees. I try to push committees. And I know some days it's hard to even get a board member, but I love committees. Um I don't, Bailey, do you have committees going on? Yes, very few, though. It's hard, like you said, to get volunteers to even get on the board, let alone. We try to make it fun, committees. though. Yes. Like, well, we, we at one of my properties, they have a lot of fun. They have a lot of cul-de-sacs. And so what we do is spring inspections, but it's homeowner-based volunteers with the committees. And um, somebody has a lemonade stand. One guy had a margarita bar, you know, so we had a, a la, lot of fun la, with la, it. La, liability. <laughs> margarita bar. No. It was just one per. No. Uh, but in a fictional association in a fictional that doesn't exist anywhere where a lawyer or an insurance no, company. No, hypothetically. Uh, and, and a lemonade stand. Those kids didn't, um, you know, they didn't pay tax, but, so they got in trouble yeah, for that. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, right. <laughs> I saw that but, in the news. <laughs> but, there, but there is um, value in those committees because yes. they involve the homeowners, even if you can't get people to serve on them. I mean, I think just having them and letting mm-hmm. people know if they want to participate in the community that kind of involvement, mm-hmm. it's a safe place for homeowners to come and participate and let their uh, opinions be known in a way that they know it's going to get to the board, they'll feel listened to, mm-hmm. and I think the good boards actually do listen to those committees and take their advice into into consideration. Absolutely. But those kinds of things are tools that associations can have right now to increase the level of civility because if the board is just saying, here's the decisions we've made, and the homeowners don't have any real way to voice any sort of input on it, of course you're going to get a bunch of negative feedback on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So either yeah. that or you're going to get apathy and nobody shows up and cares. Right, yeah. And, and you know, I've been doing a lot of visual aids at my homeowner, at my annual meetings to engage homeowners, and we're having sign-up sheets at those with these committees listed um, using social media. Um, I, I'm not a proponent of Facebook for an HOA only because – you can't always control the content of that, but you have HOAs with websites. So putting events and, and things on there for the homeowners to engage with conversations, I think is really important. And and I like how you brought that back is it it brings civility to, to it. The more people we can have engaged, the better. Yeah, and, you know, I, I tend to think that if you believe it's real, it's real and its consequences. You know, if you have this belief that your community is going to be a negative community, it's going to be a negative community. Right. If you think your community is going to be a positive place, mm-hmm. it, you're going to work and make it a positive place. Mm-hmm. I think those communities that really thrive are the ones where there is a wide range of opinions out mm-hmm. there. The boards do a, a, a pretty good job of trying to listen to them all. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't make everybody happy, but you can right. but you can make everybody feel listened to. 
That's yeah. that's important, right? And I tell my boards, you can't make everybody happy all the time, and you're never going to. And so you have to be realistic with your expectations, and you need to listen to you need to listen to your community. We have done a lot of survey monkeys and a lot of polls at my associations about upcoming projects, and we found that when we did that, the project overall went better. Yeah. We had more people with the buy-in, right? If you can get them to buy in in the beginning, you're going to have less pushback at the end. But overall, our conversation today was to really just get it out there that. Um, treat people how you want to be treated. We need we need to be civilized and uh, realize this is um, these are our neighbors. This is a community that we all live in that we have to um, walk in and talk in and we're all in it together. We're all in it together, absolutely. So thank you so much, Tony and Bailey, for filling in for David at the last minute. Um, and um, again, I'm Stacy Sheridan filling in for Jean. Thank you all for tuning in. How sweet it is to be loved by you. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? Worse yet, how many customers are your competitors stealing from you because they are? The vast majority of the population is on social media nearly every day shopping. Does your business have an effective selling presence on social media? We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Your competition is already social. Catch them and surpass them. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We know how to make every digital dollar count towards sales success. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. AM 1280, The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.